It has been said by many that he was the world's greatest drummer, the greatest drummer who ever drew breath. After the peak of big band music in the 1940s and 50s, it was Buddy Rich who kept the big band jazz sound alive and pushing forward for decades, even long after big band music left the mainstream. In the 1960s, when psychedelic rock movement was at its peak, Buddy was driving his big band. In the 70s, at a time of mainstream arena rock like Led Zeppelin, Kiss, Aerosmith, and many more, there was Buddy, still driving that big band music. In the 1980s, the time of synth music and new wave, Buddy Rich was still driving that big band train and taking it as far as it could go until the very end. And when Buddy Rich left this world on April 2nd, 1987, one person in particular took the reins and started organizing concerts to keep Buddy's legacy and dreams alive. That person is none other than his wonderful daughter, Kathy Rich. Kathy has organized multiple concerts and tours with the Buddy Rich Big Band over the past few decades, bringing her wonderful vocal skills and organization skills to the table to help keep Buddy's legacy alive and well. Kathy's wonderful partner, drummer Greg Potter, is at the helm of the Buddy Rich drum seat these days, helping to drive the band and give it a new and refreshing vibe that audiences worldwide turn out in droves to see. The Buddy Rich Band has seen a number of incredible drummers sit in over the years, including Vinnie Colyuda, Dennis Chambers, Dave Weckl, Greg Bissonette, Kenny Aronoff, Simon Phillips, Steve Gadd, Matt Sorum, Steve Smith, Billy Cobham, Neil Peart, Ian Pace, Omar Hakim, Bill Bruford, and many, many more. And ladies and gentlemen, this interview is a blast with lots of fun twists and turns. Together, Kathy and Greg could almost be mistaken for like a modern-day Abbott and Costello comedy duo. I'm serious. The two have such a fun and zany vibe about them, and I really, really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure you will also. Uh, we do cover some serious ground as I speak with them on a number of things, including how the two of them met, Greg's drumming background, more of Greg, even more of Greg, Buddy's legacy, and how the Buddy Rich Band continues to keep Buddy's legacy alive and well, even in these modern times. So as Buddy would say, set him up, Joe, and get ready for a hell of a good time with Kathy Rich and Greg Potter. I would like to give a hearty welcome to the wonderful Kathy Rich and Greg Potter. You guys, thanks for being here today. This is, this is awesome. You guys, <laughs> you, uh, thanks for taking time out of your crazy schedule to be with here us at Sunday Music Soapbox. it's not, not so crazy at the Yeah, yeah. How's that? We could start off with that. What, what's it yeah, like over there? It. Over here, it's, it's, it's live music is trying Dead. to crawl. It's trying to crawl back here a little bit. I've been to a couple things outside. But what about yeah. you guys? Where are you? I'm in Nashville. Oh, you're in Nashville. Uh, okay, we're in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So not in the city. We're in the outskirts. So it's Chirac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we try not to go to the city anymore because you know it's not worth getting a shot oh uh, yeah 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 what's what's the vibe you know because for a while it was like you know how dare you go watch a band or you know even if you were social distancing or had a mask on it was like <laughs> you get it's all this shunning going on right about yeah there's know, uh, shaming not, and stuff there's not even an opportunity because it's not happening yeah. so you know, Greg did one gig, I think, in the past six months, a couple of weeks ago, but it was like in a park and everybody yeah. was, you know, far away. And, you know, that was it. 
one. Yes. So what we're trying to do is find somewhere where there is a Buddy Rich statue, and we're going to try to tear it down. <laughs> then people could come. You know, I mean, if we could tear a Buddy Rich oh, statue down. That don't even get me started. Oh, that's yeah. not even. Oh, well, we, yeah. could, we could go to Palm Springs and rip up his star. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to play a gig in Palm Springs. We're just going to rip the star up. Oh my God! You guys. You guys are so I, you guys are so fun. First of all, you're such a fun, like energetic couple. And might I even just say zany? I love the zaniness. Zany. Like you yes. guys, I watch one of a few of your live streams, and you guys do just like a great job together. You seem to have uh, great chemistry. H- how did you guys first meet? Like, how did that all start? Match.com. Oh, he- <laughs> <laughs> Tinder. There's, there's the secret. There it is. Uh, yeah. Ashley Madison. <laughs> That's okay. not around anymore, by the way. Oh, 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 yeah, to answer your question, um, <laughs> we met. The, she stalked me. The guys from Modern Drummer Magazine had brought Greg to one of my memorial concerts that we had done in New yeah. York mm-hmm. and, in 1991. So it's a long time ago that we met. Yeah. And we just, you know, we became friends. And, you know, I was married at the time, so we weren't too friendly. And yeah. then later on, we became friendly. Er. <laughs> yeah, friendlier. Yeah. And still, still so, friendly. I hope still friendly. Still Things very you- friendly. <laughs> if you can maintain some form of a matrimonial relationship through this past six months, you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. The magic words are yes, dear. You um, know, it's just like luckily we like each other. We get along. We don't. You know, it's just it works. That's all I yeah. can say. No, and you guys are you guys are so in touch with like the drumming community, and you put on some amazing events. Tell us about. Obviously, we're we're in hell right now with with yeah. COVID, but tell us about some of the recent events and concerts you guys have organized. I've seen a bunch of it online and been a part of, and, and tell us maybe which ones you're most proud of, or, you know, something that stands out recently of what you've done. Wow. Let's see. Well, we're, you know, we're usually on the road all the time. And, yeah. and this, this six months has been such a, it's like being shell shocked because, you know, just being home all the time, you start to get a little bit crazy. It's starting to get us now. Yeah. But we've done yeah, some pretty year. cool things. We did a week at Ronnie Scott's with Ian Pace last year. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, he's just wonderful. And, you know, we're always, we were, we've been to Japan. We've done a memorial concert in London. We've done, you know, a lot of stuff. So, yeah. you know, I think we're proud of anytime we get to work, we're happy. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We play. And then each of the events, they, they become events because they're usually, um, you know, they're focused around something with that uh, Buddy's new release, that Just In Time album, yeah. CD, whichever yeah. the recording, the last recording. We were just gearing up with that. You know what I mean? When right. the apocalypse hit. But yeah. I'm saying each of the each of the things that we were doing, like even that. Um, like, just take, for instance, the last time we were in London with uh, Ian Pace at Ronnie Scott's. That was a week long event. Yeah. And the um, album hadn't been released yet, but you know, that was that was an event that week, and that that was the location of where Buddy did do that recording, and we had musicians in our band that recorded that album. Yeah, Matt Harris, our musical director, keyboard player, that man writ- wrote and arranged uh, most ninety percent. You know, ninety. Right. I'm saying so. Each of each time we get out and take the band out, it's it's an event i mean even if it's uh playing at um in la at uh Catalina. catalina's i mean yeah. you know some something you know you've we, we've always traveled with an alumni band so you've got 
You have the guys real guys that really there. played with Buddy, and seeing that this isn't just a this isn't a tribute band like on the level of where you see four guys put makeup on and jump around like Kiss. Yeah, you know, it's they, not like that. Or they put on you know the Beatles wigs and they all go out and sing. I want to hold. No one's trying to go out there and oh look, we've got a guy that looks just like Buddy because as right. you can see, even sure. with my wig, I don't look like Buddy. So right, so right there we're in trouble. And then when it gets to the drumming portion, nobody is going to copy Buddy. So yeah, when you come. Oh, so let me talk about the good points then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the good points. Potter doesn't play like Buddy and his hair looks different. No, but I'm saying we do. you have the band. You have these alumni players, these men that really did play with, with the band. So the vibe of the whole setup is – and then Kathy is the closest thing you're going to get because yeah. that's it. All she has to do is spit on your hands and you got Buddy Rich DNA. <laughs> If you could get her to spit on your drumsticks and your hands, you actually start playing faster. Sorry, yeah. I charge a lot of money for that. Okay. <laughs> I, might, I might get a little messy. I don't know. Is it, but, you could. But yeah. I, I can I only imagine, though, I can only imagine those events, though, you, you have it just out of the woodwork. You get a lot of great people that you've probably known for years, Kathy and even Greg. Yes. You know, and and it's probably just like a, re, a wonderful reunion at everything, you know, like bringing the the memory keeping the memory alive of, of, of buddy right. and everything that you guys have done to do that which is incredible um and i was going to touch more on buddy at some point um but i, I think it's just it's got to be a lot of fun for you to to be able to to hear this music especially celebrate that release and yes you know have you know probably somebody walk in the door you didn't know you're expecting is like oh my gosh it's you know ian pace or so and so or you ever, yes. you ever have any fun surprises like that? You're like, wow, we, you know, somebody else. We actually seen? have. Yes, we we get a lot of, you know, crazy guests that, that show up to see us. We had um, Rod Stewart showed up in but London. He knew why he was showing up. He, he was on the guest list. He came to see us. It wasn't a surprise, but he, he was, was there. To me. He wanted Not to see necessary. my professional no, drumming no, skills. No, of yes. course, of course. But the very cool thing oh. about having the band on the road is that you have all of Buddy's fans that show up. And then you have kids that show up because either they've come with their parents or they've come to just, you know, hey, I love jazz, so I'm going to go and hear this band. And we've gotten so many new fans and new people that always stay in touch with us now that, you know, it's, it's amazing because the Buddy fans, you know, if they didn't like it or if they didn't like what we were doing, they wouldn't keep showing up. Right. You know, and they, they come to every concert and they're always there and, you know, just, you know, the most complimentary. And it's, you know, that's wonderful. And that's really what he wanted me to do. That's great. Yeah. And that's, you're doing a wonderful job with that. And do you get Thank people you. though? Do you get, you get people with their panties in a while from time to time or say anything weird about what you're doing or, you know, they just, no. Oh, great. You know, in the, in the very beginning, you know, just because Greg doesn't look like your, you know, quintessential jazz drummer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, Greg you know, I think in the anything. beginning they were like, why, what's his hair? Why is his hair so weird? And why is he wearing tight pants? And why does he look like a rock player and not a jazz that wasn't the idea, but yeah. he was always so far ahead of his time and was always in current music. You know, it wasn't about nostalgia. It wasn't about playing, hey, I'm going to go, you know, have Tommy Dorsey charts rearranged for the band. It was yeah. always about what's fresh and new and, so, and always had young players right out of school. So, you know, he wanted to keep it youthful and current. And that's that's the goal. Yeah. You know, we have young players mixed in with alumni and, you know, Greg brings a different vibe to the whole thing. And, you know, it's it works. Well, I'm all, I'm a music educator during the day in Nashville. I, I taught in Atlanta and uh, my music history students. I always show them the, the Buddy Rich documentary, the one with Mel Torme 
Yeah. Um, it's really long, but it's amazing. It's got all these anecdotes and you, you have all these great stories that you're telling and you bring a lot of, breathe a lot of life into it. And yeah. talking about, I just tell my students how Buddy was pushing this genre long after it was out of the mainstream. I mean, yes. decades after, you know, and, and that kind of thing and how he kept big band jazz going for so long and that you guys are just continue to carry the torch. It's wonderful. Um and and you guys are just doing a great job just continuing this le- the legacy. I'm sure you hear that all the time, but I wanted to tell you that from from, from us. But from I me. appreciate that because that really is the goal, you know, yeah. and to, to bring new people to the music um, is also the goal, you know, because he was all, all about youth and, and students and education and, you know, doing things for young people. And, you know, that's, that really is where he was at, you know, by the time he passed away, that was that was his goal. You know, do something. He told me, you know, try to keep the band working, try to do something, you know, for kids, which is why we started the scholarship program. And, you know, we've tried to maintain it. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to talk more about about your dad later, a little bit later. But I want to get back to uh, just you guys for a minute. And uh, I want to learn. I need to know more about Greg. Greg, tell (laughs) us. Tell us, tell oh, us, tell. tell us, we have to speak for the next hour. From a different angle, I'm kind of going at it more for looking for the compliments. So if you do want to say some things that may be nice about me, I kind of, I would sit and listen to you say well, nice things about me. He doesn't know you. Oh, he doesn't know me that well? Okay. I could send you a few YouTube links, my parents' phone number. You can call them at home. They'll certainly talk. Do to you me. have anything on MySpace? MySpace. <laughs> there you go. Actually, I actually found my old iSpace and I MySpace, that's MySpace how, account. The I other believe day. that's how you and I started our um, online our romance. Romance was on it MySpace. Was, it was on MySpace and the AOL chats. Yes. Remember, like that weird AOL Messenger thing where you would oh, chat. Yeah. He would chat. Yeah. Like, why don't you just call me? I don't know. It cost too much. You know, at that point, <laughs> at that point, my my parents would only pay for so much of my phone bill. So, my like, parents. I, I was old. I was forty seven, but so what? <laughs> well, I would have lived with my mother till I was seventy, if, if, if possible. If possible, they finally said no. That's I funny. I too many drum cases in the garage. That's funny. Okay, no, go. You could ask me a question about me, and I will gladly um, answer it. First. I'll answer it, but I'll probably make up a story like a lie to make myself seem much more exciting than I am. That would be great. No, but just okay. just just want to know. I mean, we obviously know what you guys are up to now, and all the things you've been doing and carrying the torch. With, with the Buddy Legacy and the band and all the things that you do. But tell us about, Greg, we'd like to hear about, like, your drumming roots. Like, where are you from and when did, like, drumming start for you? Oh, I'm, wow. a, le- I'm a legend. <laughs> where are you from? Where are you from, yo? Okay. No, in, in real life, I'm from Chicago, as okay. you can tell from this accent of mine. Okay. And, yes, drumming was um, brought uh, – I had like, um, let's see, it would be my uncle, my cousin. So that'd be what my mom's brother. And, you know, I mean, so you had relatives in the family that played the drums. So I would have been that, you know, the the nephew or whatever, the yeah. the with the little crew cut, maybe four, yeah. five years old that they put, you know, how you know how it is. You got drums in the house. Someone always puts you on the, dr- the throne and you you go at it. Right. Well, so I would say by four or five years old, I was up on a drum throne. And when I went at it. You know, it, it had, I had a natural, uh, is that what they call it? A natural ability. That's what I had. Yeah. So, and I'm saying it was noticed by, you know, others in the room. So that's usually what you need to, as a youngster, you do need to be, you know, so I didn't necessarily have um, stage parents, but I had parents that were, you know, advocates of the arts or, you know, like sometimes 
if your parents aren't into it, then you can't really be into it, whatever. So my parents brought me up. So yeah, throughout the, uh, I had drums around me basically then my whole life, five, you know, and then into school, I started uh, um, school music programs and then came, uh, you know, all through school, ended up going to Chicago, uh, Roosevelt University, Chicago Music College. And so, I mean, my background in my musical background, it was it was there and I had like an education, but also right out of high school, I ended up um, with a pretty good drumming gig with a fella here uh, in Chicago on the radio. His name was Steve Dahl. He was kind of the uh, the the pioneer of those shock jocks. Do you remember mm-hmm. the guy back in 1979 who blew up all the disco records? Oh yeah. In Comis- okay. That was Steve Dahl. Okay. And we, at the time he had a cute song parody called, do you think I'm disco, which was based on Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah, Rod Stewart. There you go. Do you think I'm sexy? Do you- so sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a based on that with cute lyrics, whatever. I was right. The, the name of the band that did it was Teenage Radiation. And I was the drummer in that. So I, you know, as a teenager, hot name. Well, <laughs> and everyone, in, the oldest guy in the band's 19. Get it? We were all teenagers. You know? Yeah. But I'm saying that right. took me straight from high school to I was playing, you know, um, I was playing on the radio every day and I was recording, doing sold out concerts. So, I mean, I was able to it really moved me up. By the time I was going to Roosevelt University, Chicago Music College, my professors were asking me, how did you land that gig? <laughs> you see what I mean? And now that yeah, I'm older right. and I look back at it, I could see where many of those college professors, which, you know, I'm giving drum lessons myself online now. Um, I would probably ask a 16-year-old kid, how are you on the radio every day? And how do you play in front of 65,000 people? <laughs> you, you know, how right. did that happen? So, I mean... But my career basically, you know, started out pretty good. And then I moved on through the, you know, through the ranks from the from that radio thing with Steve Dahl. to then I eventually got into a band called Siren that was on Mercury Polygram Records. So I was on MTV and toured. And But inside the back of my Kanagan, I always knew because Buddy Rich was always my um, go to. Like even as I pursued this rock and roll pop career of mine playing with, you know, um, different known rock artists, you know, you can still want that. I mean, I still was a crazy buddy fan. My father took me to see buddy rich when I was 10 years old and I got to see, you know, I mean, so you, I, I really had a, a, it's a bigger background than, Oh, I see you met Kathy. So then she'll, she'll put the band together for you. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't right. like it's kind yeah. of ironic though, oh. how we ended up together. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's really yeah. weird. She stalked me. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, right. You mentioned that. No, but, but, but how did that, well, that's a good point though. So what, what point did you guys have this discussion? I mean, Kathy, I imagine you were already having, uh, leading the the things with the Buddy Rich band or reunion shows or tours and things. At at what point did it like make sense to, to bring Greg into the equation? Did you guys talk about it? Is it like a brainstorm thing or? We actually did. Um, it was in 2012, I think. And we were sitting I had moved to Chicago from Las Vegas and I was doing other things. We did, you know, we were still thinking about doing memorial concerts and all of that. And 
I said, you know, Buddy really wanted the band on the road. Why don't we put together, you know, a band in Chicago and go into a studio and record a couple of tracks and see what it sounds like, just to see if it's even possible. And we did. We put a group together here and we went into the studio, recorded two tunes, and it miraculously, it turned out really well. And you know, Greg not coming from a so-called jazz background, but he just lent, it, it just happened for him. You know, right. he studied, right. he did all of his, you know, due diligence on how to, you know, play in this band and it worked. And by the time we had gotten home from the studio, I put it up on Facebook that we had been there and an agent wrote to us and said, do you want to go on the road? And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Great. simple Boom. as that. Right. But I mean, there was a little more thought to it than just. No, I mean, we really like, did talk about it. Well, we no, we really did talk about it. But I'm saying about the aspect that you're saying, how do we bring like me and uh, Greg into it? But you look at Kathy's background, her doing the Buddy Rich Memorial concerts for when she met me, she yeah. had been doing them already for 23. No, no the Buddy Rich Memorial concert no. since 19. Nine, not, I started doing them in 89. OK. I met you in 91. So I've been doing them for three years. OK, sexy. I'm talking about. <laughs> the fact that he <laughs> took the band into the studio in 2012. Yes, I mean it had that. already been. So, yes. so I don't mean when I met her. Of course, I was thoroughly, <laughs> I, was, I was just disgusted by the fact that I wasn't included in the I the didn't concert. even know you. Oh, well, and that's why. So my disgust <laughs> turned to love. What I'm trying to get at here is yes, that. Yes, please, get to it. Land the land plane, the plane. When you would go to Kathy, when you would go to Kathy's um, Buddy Rich Memorial Concerts, which was basically the first one I went to was in 1991 at the Ritz in New York when I was introduced to her. Um, they had yeah. this drummer from a band called Rush, Neil Peart. First heard of him. That you've heard of this guy. Well, when we get to the yeah. Ritz, everyone's out in the lobby. People are in the street. And I say to my, I say to Bobby Berenson, I was with Bobby Berenson, Adam Badowski from Modern Drum. I like to drop names, Kathy. Yeah, That's no one how knows I who the hell they are. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Adam Badowski is just the uh, friggin' editor of the magazine. Excellent. He's I pretty... think they have a new editor now, but no, he owns it. Oh, he's an owner. <laughs> okay, whatever. And Bobby Berenson. You guys are adorable. <laughs> But I do like to drop names because that makes me feel bigger because I'm only five foot six. So anything and I do have a black sports car, too. I've got everything I need to feel big. Good. Does it make you feel nice. big? Yeah. Look at you. OK. Awesome. So, OK, so I'll explain it to you later when the radio's off. But I'm saying getting back to me playing with this band. So we get to the Ritz and all the people are in the street and in the lobby. And on stage are some of the greatest jazz drummers you've ever seen. I won't drop names, so it's so it's. But I'm just saying, everyone was waiting to For watch rock this guy. rock guy come up and bang through these songs. Right. And I'm not saying, yeah. you know, Neil certainly doesn't have, you know, the. I'm just saying the interest of seeing the big band and stuff when this rock guy got up there, because then Kathy also took it much, you know, further. She had Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who you and I both know does not sit and swing like the great Peter Erskine, no. you know, because right. Peter Erskine do shows and these men play great. And she's had all the greatest jazz names. But I'm saying people that that stick out were the when these Matt Sorum playing on, um, you know, from Guns and Roses playing on Burning for Bones. Yeah. One of the most standout. That was drugs. a great. Yeah. No, no take away from what Ed Shaughnessy did or what right. Louis Belson did. But there was something about people are it. fascinated, I think, 
at the idea of a crossing over from rock to jazz. And anytime I put a rock guy on the stage with the band was when people went insane. That's what I meant. So bringing Greg out of rock and putting him in the band was really the thought of this is going to take it to a different level, which was the level that we wanted to take it. Because we actually think that it's a rock band with horns. So that's how yeah. we look at it, as, as anybody would enjoy watching this show. Oh, right. And anybody we, from yeah. 10 yeah. years old to 100 years old would love it. And when you go back and listen, I mean, I don't know what a, how much of a buddy file you are. Or, you know, when you go back and watch Buddy play or listen to Buddy play, realistically, um, you know, because I've been, I've been warned by some of the best. I mean, the first thing Peter Erskine said was, why don't you try <laughs> feathering that bass drum a little? Feathering means hit it nice. Because you listen yeah. to a Buddy recording, Buddy, I mean, Buddy is the greatest, but I'm just saying, he used the bass drum like John Bonham. I mean, he gives you four on yes. the floor throughout, which is, you know, a, a true, if you study jazz, quote unquote, study jazz, they don't even allow you to touch your bass drum until you're like, you're a senior in college. You know what I mean? That Jazz <laughs> is supposed to be interpreted through that ride cymbal and your hi-hat. Right. They do not allow sure. you to play a bass. I, I mean, I'm giving you, I'm being sarcastic and funny. But I think right. for but, purposes of, like, if you're playing in a trio, obviously, you're not yes. going to pound the kick drum. If you're playing in a big band, the drums have to be heard. And you, it's yes. like, you know, you have four different bands going on on the stage at once. Each yeah. section of horns and then a rhythm section. So you have four different things going on at one time. So if you don't have the rhythm section holding it together, it's a train wreck. It, Yes. I, I mean, yeah. and, and that's another thing, you know, playing in the quote unquote Buddy Rich band, it's is different than playing in John Smith's big band. I mean, we don't we really right. don't play Glenn Miller. We don't no. play. I mean, you're playing these buddy charts that were written and arranged for a bombastic drummer, for a drummer to highlight. To So, I mean, yeah. yes, I'm getting away with probably a lot more than if you tried to slide me in. Although I have done I have done some Glenn Miller and yes. uh, Frank Sinatra. I mean, I have done. But then again, that's. That's not it's what a different thing. That's a different thing. But I'm saying when you listen to Buddy play, I believe his playing lends itself more. A rock drummer can can find something, find something yeah. in there as opposed to if you said, let's do an Art Blakey tribute and let's see if we right. let's see if we can get Vinnie Paul from Pantera to come and play some Art Blakey. I, I guarantee you, God bless his soul, he's dead. Let me pick someone alive. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, give me a rock drumming. Uh, um, so, like I was saying, the, uh, Nico McBrain from Iron from Maiden. Iron Maiden. Let's do a Max Roach tribute band with him. <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's whereas if you say let's do a buddy, let's do a buddy Rich tune. I'm sure you would. Nico would look at look at the great job Ian Pace did with playing with the buddy yeah. band. I don't know if you've seen any of that online or. He but has a YouTube channel that you want to. You want to talk? About yeah, I'll check it out. And then, yeah, that was just that. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like having me uh, play with the band, I think it lends. Um, it it lends. And then just the whole attitude yeah. too, because there was nothing. We're doing none of this, but out of respect and a few compliments. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's I don't want him to talk. I want to talk. It's Let my time. Check. I've got limited time. I've got an Uber coming to pick me up. I'm going to a drive-in movie tonight. <laughs> Can you go now? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> 
got to wait till it gets dark. Chad probably wants to no, get these, one word in if it's possible. Who show is this? <laughs> no, but these oh. these are all these are all great things. Now, you guys, this is all great background. And also, like, you know, I, I go to think about that. I love what, how you explain that, bringing the rock drummers and the other drummers in, because, you know, the people that are jazzers. OK, so I, I, I went I was at, I went to Ohio State University. I was I was in the jazz lab ensemble for two oh, wow. years. Uh, and, and I worked for Jim, you know, Jim Rupp. No, Jim Rupp, Columbus pro percussion. He played with Woody Herman in the seventies, Jim Rupp. And, um, Rupp. he, he runs, he, he, he runs Columbus pro percussion no. and, uh, great, great guy. Great guy. Um, but, and he's had, he had Armand, I met Armand in the, uh, in the store oh, wow. night when I used to work there, but, what um, but was. what you guys are explaining that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but it, you guys explaining that, you know, that vibe, you know, OCD, OCD listeners go away. You know, the, the jazzer guys are like, Hey, wait a minute. Neil Prude isn't, Neil Prude isn't swinging. Oh, you know, God. that's not what it's about. You know, it's about that energy about paying tribute right. and look, look at what, well, look at how we put these two things together and it actually works yes. and it's exciting to watch. And, and really exciting to watch. Neil's fans know that he has a respect for buddy. That's just going to widen buddy's audience. And, you know, which that was yeah. the cool thing, too, is that, you know, Neil would, you know, go out and, and talk about Buddy. He actually had Buddy in the film clips in his solo at the end of the when he did his solo on tour. Um, and so yeah. people, you know, who were Rush fans who may not necessarily have known who Buddy was, then had, you know, Neil would say, you know, go listen to go back and listen to the historians, listen to the people that brought it to where I am. And, you know, that that's kind of the key is that you want to broaden your audience and by having yeah. rock guys well, it I, does that yeah that's yeah and um i'm gonna go back to i think my my first contact with you kathy and i know you have so many people that probably follow you on social media but the old the old buddy rich website page where you could share your buddy rich stories oh, wow yes and, and and i so my story and i'll, I'll say it really quick but I, I was lucky enough to see buddy uh play my, my dad uh surprised me with tickets wow. um july 29th 1986 it was a tuesday wow and um it was at the palace theater in canton ohio and i, I don't think honestly it was one of those maybe add-on shows where it, it just wasn't advertised until like two weeks before the show it was in the paper right. and um my dad somehow got like front row center seats nice. and i was I'm I'm 15 and I'm sitting here and I just got to watch the magic, but I've got to tell you, you know, there's, there's all the wonderful music and the, the incredibleness of that. And your dad, there's another thing about your dad that, you know, he, he just got better and better and better and just never faltered, you know, like at the end he was still going yes. strong. And for, for me as a 16 year old, and I, at the time I was into, you know, anthrax and Charlie Benante right. and metal. And I was also, but I, but I wore both sides out that the album, both sides, actually I'm sitting here right now. Uh, vinyl on my table is buddy rich in Miami, the quartet recording, which wow. uh, from 1958 and down in Miami, beautiful. And then the, both sides is my go-to. I, I love, um, I posted a, a thing about on that, that astronaut track on there just always gets me. It is so beautiful. Um, but anyway, um, I go, I go to the show and during the show, your dad, he, he, well, you know, the typical stuff's like, he's like, so what's new in Canton, Ohio? Well, there's not much to do in right. Canton, Ohio. And I think he knew that there's the football hall of fame, which was coming up. That was the big, that's the big thing for Canton, Ohio every year. The pro football hall of fame is there. Right. And everybody comes to town to watch the game and goes to the museum. But so buddy says, so what's new Canton, Ohio? And, and, and audience is like, Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's like, like I said, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> and then 
And then one, one person he's talking and somebody in the audience goes, I can't hear you. And he goes, shut up. I can hear you. you know, <laughs> shut up. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so they play a couple more songs and, um, I, gosh, I can't remember the, the bass player, uh, amazing bass player, African-American guy playing Mike electric. Mike Boone. Uh, and he called him, he called him flash. Cause he was so slow. There's all those charts he had to <laughs> dig through. And so, so he was like, you ready flash, you know? And like he, Flash would just look up and shake his head, no, That's you know, funny. and uh, and he had glasses on. I just remember that. Right. But anyway, yes. uh, he's yeah, oh, cool. I have to I have to look him up. But so in the middle of it, he stops and he goes, he talks to the audience again. He goes, you know, I was in town last night. I went to the movie theater, and there's like two theaters in Canton, Ohio. And I'm just kicking myself because <laughs> I I was gonna go with my friends. Oh, the movie. Wow. I was actually going. Your dad went to see Aliens. Okay. And he goes to tell. Now here's a sci-fi flick that's like gore and based on that or whatever and he goes he tells the audience he says it was a terrible movie <laughs> terrible plot terrible plot and i was like i was like you know i was 15 i was like really i hadn't seen it yet but i was like okay and i ended up you know, when i saw it i loved right. it but so he, he went on and on about how terrible and i'm kicking myself like i know exactly where he was last right. night you know the small theater only has two showings a day and i didn't go to the theater to see aliens with my friends and i think they even invited That's me but anyway funny. so after after the show, I go out to to meet him on the bus, right. and um, he's wearing the because uh, I'm the boss. That's why shirt, the blue right. one. And um, I it was one guy in front of me, and and I I, I get up there and I, I again I'm I'm 15 years right. old, but I go, oh, oh, you know, prepubescent, oh, Mr. Rich, I'll 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 take your advice on that movie. I didn't know what to say, <laughs> and he he turns around with his scowl. And he goes, Oh, did you see it? I said, I no. He's like, ah, oh, terrible movie. It sucks. <laughs> Crap, crappy plot. And he signs the uh, the cassette inlay of my uh, both sides tape. Wow. And I just walk off the bus, and that that was it. And then uh, he he left us about six months yep. later. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So so, uh, but but he's such a you know one thing that you you hear a lot of the stories about about how intense he could be with with, with the band when something wasn't going right, but also you can. You know, that was my story of like where he was just kind to me and brought me on the bus and was, you know, wanted to talk about this movie for a second that I hadn't right. seen. And he was just super, super sweet. And there's there's a lot of stories out there like yes. that, especially in the documentary where I think Louis Belson is talking about where, you know, Buddy gave his last five dollars to Davy yep. Tuff for like a cab yep. fare many, many moons there ago. There are hundreds um, of stories what, like that, that he gave money to everybody that, you know, had a problem. He was that guy. Do you have one of those kind of stories that's one of your favorites? Well, yes, I actually do. Um, we, were, we were living in New York, and it was sort of the middle of winter. And his thing was that if you do charity work or you do anything that's charitable to other humans, it's not about publicity. You know, there are a lot of people that do charity work, and then they, you know, they stand on the red carpet and go, aren't I great? You know, I did this. Buddy was the exact opposite. And the only way he would do charity things is if there was no publicity about it. So yeah. one night we were sitting in the apartment. It's like February in New York. It's snowing. It's freezing. And the, I think like the six o'clock news came on. And the lead story was that there was a woman in New York and they were kicking her out of her apartment and she couldn't pay the heat and she couldn't pay her rent. And it was like a whole scene and blah, blah, blah. So Buddy's like, get me the station. So I found the number and called Channel 7. And, you know, he, they said, you know, I said, Buddy Rich wants to talk to whomever. 
And he paid the woman's rent and her heating bill for the year. Wow. So there, that's wow. the guy. That's all that beautiful. other stuff that you hear about him, and he was this, and he was that, and he was tough, and he was, yes, he was all of those things. But he was the kindest, gentlest soul that you'd ever want to know. You know, but I think you have to put on that armor when you are so well known and you're in the public eye and so many people want a piece of you. And, you know, so, yeah, you, you become a little, you know, rough. But you've told me. Yeah. yeah, but Kathy has mentioned many stories where Buddy was the kind of guy like you were a kid going on the bus or like uh, kids would come up and say, you know, my snare drum doesn't sound as good as yours. He'd, he'd go, he'd <laughs> take it right off the stand and go here, this here, you'll have take mine or, or, you know, like. Um, didn't you say someone, hey, buddy, I really love that sweater. He'd take the sweater off and throw it to him. Yep. I mean, that's kind of, those are the kind of. Somebody just told me a story the other day that he, he was playing at Disneyland. Okay. And a kid yeah. came up to him and said, your drum set is so beautiful. Right. And I just love that kit. And I love that kit. And he goes, oh, you love it? He said, give me your address. I'll have it sent I'll to him. I'll have it sent to him. He sends it. I and mean, he sent it to him. In their story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I, I talked to people yeah. from Slingerland that said that was like a problem. His buddies giving drum sets away. Yep. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> so he, I mean, he was, but he was so kind-hearted. Yes. You know, anything, any person that was downtrodden or the underdog, he was all about that. You also said when you guys would walk in, when Kathy would be walking with her dad, I'm sure it happened when she wasn't walking with him. But whatever money he had in the pockets, he goes, if I leave the home, if any home, anyone on the street homeless or people needing to eat or something, but you didn't you say money he had 300 everybody. bucks in his pocket. It was gone by the time he, he and walked. And he'd be like, walks. I can't walk around town. He goes, I'm going to go broke. I'm going to go broke. That's that's so beautiful. Those are the stories well, that it's, most people don't right. hear. And you don't hear them about oh, that's, me. That's true. That's that's so that's so great. That's yeah, funny. Well, you know that's that's um, and I want to talk more minute. Can you can you? I know he was particular. Well, first thing I want to I want to talk about is this this Led Zeppelin story that you've told before. Did, did you drag your dad to Led Zeppelin <laughs> in Madison Square Garden or something? I did. I did. And and he 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 wasn't a fan, right? Tell us about that. And and because I mean, how could you not like John Bonham or like you know? I don't know so exactly. I was going to ask you about you know. That. Yes, funnily enough, I did take my dad to see Led Zeppelin. Um, I actually don't know why I took him. I think I was too young to go by myself, so he <laughs> he opted to go. And yes, it was crazy walking in. You know, the place it was Madison Square Garden, and it was completely sold out. Crazy, and everybody that was walking in saw him and. Hey, buddy, are you here to see Bonham? He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, looking at me like, who's Bonham? So um, I had to sit in the second row right in front of the stage, which was crazy because it was literally the loudest show I've ever been to, to this day, probably. It was uncomfortably loud, but I was enjoying it. He was enjoying it, I think, up to a point until the drum solo. And at that tour, they had a... Zulu dancer that came out with flaming torches and I believe set the gong on fire. That's wild. Um, can you name some drummers that your dad did admire and maybe let's break it down to the jazz world. And I mean, I'm talking obviously the old school traditional jazz days. He knew all those guys, but the modern drummers, I know that he, I heard that he liked Omar Hakim and he met Omar Hakim one time and said, Hey, I know who you are and that kind of thing. But what other modern drummers did your dad enjoy or like or talk to or meet by chance? 
You know, interestingly enough, he, he enjoyed a lot of drummers. I mean, obviously he was influenced by all the drummers that came up before him, and he would be the first one to tell you so. Um, of modern times, you know, it's interesting because I took him to see a lot of concerts, and I played a lot of music in the house growing up. Some of it, he would just shake his head and walk away, and others he would sit and actually listen to. Yeah. Um, but obviously he loved Danny Serafin with Chicago. I think Chicago was his favorite band. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Bobby Columbi. Um, you know, those are the two. He loved Steve Gadd. And, uh, you know, he, he left us before, like, before Dave Weckl was on the scene and, you know, Steve Smith and all those guys. But those are the people that he, he really enjoyed. Okay, this next one's kind of random. Um, one of my greatest jazz idols other than Buddy, of course, on the drums, this person did not play drums or as their main instrument, was the late, great Jocko Pistorius on bass. Um, did you guys ever ch- have a chance to see him play or meet him? And I- I'd wonder, uh, more so, did Buddy ever see Jocko Pistorius play live? Probably heard the recordings. I know that he had heard Omar Hakim, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, tell us about that. Actually, not that I know of, that if Buddy ever met Jocko. Hmm. I know that he loved Weather Report when yeah. Jocko was in it. Um, and obviously they, you know, recorded Birdland, which was on that great album, um, Heavy Weather. And no, I never got to meet him. And I'm not sure if Buddy ever saw him. I'm sure he heard him, but I'm not sure he ever saw him play live or if they ever met. Okay, so you guys must know so many wonderful drummers. And I was wondering, do you have any favorite drummers as far as maybe we break this down to playing you know, the favorite playing drummers, and then maybe also drummers who are your favorite people to like hang out with that you get to see on a regular basis. And also mention like new drummers, you know, any new drummers that you want to bring up, plus obviously the seasoned veterans. I, I honestly can't answer that question. Okay. People will get mad at me if I don't mention them. Well, I have so many friends that are drummers, all of them actually. Um, I think I've had every known drummer to man that has come through the Buddy Rich Memorial concerts and Burning for Buddy and all that. And calls your phone. And call my phone occasionally, <laughs> right. yes. So if you were to say one young hip drummer, then Which maybe I one, know a lot of I those. Know, maybe one of the older, would get not mad. so hip drummers would get mad. Or vice versa. <laughs> you know, one of the young drummers would go, how come you still like Ian Pace? I love you know, Ian Pace. I won't mention Ian Pace don't because say that. I love no, him. No. Well, then what's it going to be, Roger Taylor next? I love Roger Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying. I be, love Nickel McBrain. Yeah. I like all those guys. Okay, so okay, you're so an old man. You've got to wait till your dad's <laughs> like not here. So you, yeah. old men drummers. <laughs> tell, tell, them what happened when, tell them what happened when you wanted to go see The Doors, and you and that Jim, Jim Morrison guy. I can't. Oh, okay. Where can our listeners go to follow you guys, current events, upcoming events, what's going on? Uh, tell us about your social media presence and your website. We have a lot of social oh. media presence, don't we? Yes. We actually do. Yes, yes we do. We're, we're young we're and cool. <laughs> I'm on the Twitter <laughs> and the Facebook. Put it on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Put it on the internet. I have the internet I have and the, internet. the Wi-Fi. I've been on the Facebook for years. I actually have the Instagram as well. Well, you, you can go to our MySpace page. <laughs> and That's uh, how we met. Did we? Yeah, we covered that. That was a dating site. Though. Oh, that yeah. was my... Never mind. Chokeme.com. Oh, wait. This isn't recorded, is, is it? it? No. 
but in all seriousness, uh, oh, it's uh, uh, yeah. thebuddyrichband.com. The Buddy Rich Band. The Buddy Rich Band. I just said that. What am I, stuttering? Yeah, The Buddy Rich Band.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Kathy Born Rich and God. you at Greg Potter Drums. Awesome. Well, again, you guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule today to talk with us at Sunny Music Soapbox to talk to me. And uh, Greg, I want to especially thank you for letting Kathy talk a little bit. I'm just kidding, Greg. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you guys have coming up once we all get out of this COVID hell and uh, we all get to gigging again and the live music industry comes back. So I just want to say thanks again and you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having us, Chad. It was really fun. And uh, yeah, we're hoping that uh, we're going to be working at some point. It's been, what, seven, eight months now? Yeah. So we had to cancel us. a whole world tour this year. So Believe we're hoping not, next year. We would have been in China. We would have oh, been in wow. China Beijing and before Shanghai. we knew about the virus. You would have been there in May. I would have been there or in May. Or in June. Wow. May. You yeah. would have been there in May? Japan and June. So, whatever. But, so next year, uh, yes. we'll put it up on all of our uh, social media where we're going to be. And we all come out. Awesome. Thank you, Chad. Yes, thanks, guys. This concludes Episode 7, Interview with Kathy Rich and Greg Potter. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Reach out to us at sundaymusicsoapbox at gmail.com and also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day and thanks for listening.